0: Welcome to the Lex City Church podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit lexcity.church. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day to all of you wonderful moms out there. Thank you so much for the opportunity—the opportunity to be here. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just am so grateful that you've given me this opportunity. Lord, and that um, you've brought me to this place where you can use my flawed self and my story, Lord God, for your glory. I pray that um, the words that I speak would be helpful and encouraging to others and that you might be glorified in all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as mothers, most of us have that perfect family picture in our minds that we had always dreamed of. We say, I do, to the perfect guy and then we eventually start growing our perfect family. Nothing in our dreams is less than perfect. Our perfect home will be a long and lasting marriage with beautiful children to fill our home with memories and laughter. There's no room in our family picture for financial trouble, marriage problems, health issues, addictions, wayward children or disabilities. As long as our life matches the picture, it's easy to have a grateful heart, and it's easy to give God his due praise. But what happens when life doesn't match the picture? How do we praise God through the storms of life? I am proud to have been an Iowa girl, a farmer's daughter, and I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home. I trusted Jesus to save me from my sins at the age of eight, And I knew that I was going to heaven for eternity. And I was very active in my church, growing in my faith. I was not perfect, of course, but I wanted to live for Jesus. Well, I decided to go to Bible college, and that was where I met that perfect guy for my perfect family. That was also where I happened to meet your wonderful pastor's wife, Tammy, and Brian also. Um, We had our first double date as freshmen. And we were both married in 1990 um, after graduation. And so, you know, we had a lot of fun years together. Well, 16 years and three children later, I was feeling so blessed to be the mom of three children, and I was pregnant with my fourth. I loved being a stay-at-home mom. My family picture was shaping up exactly how I wanted it to be. Our excitement, however, quickly changed and turned to worry and fear when we found out that our baby girl had trisomy 13 and dandy walker brain malformation. Um, Trisomy 13, as the doctors explained it to me, is very similar to Down syndrome, which is trisomy 21. Only trisomy 13, um, they have an extra 13th chromosome. Um, And dandy walker brain malformation, that's when the cerebellum is supposed to look like a peanut, But it's split, and there's fluid in between. And that fluid would eventually um, continue increasing on her brain and put pressure in there. Um, So he explained that both of these things were incompatible with life. Um, He encouraged me to have a premature delivery because the baby would not live more than five minutes. And if she did, it would be no quality of life. Well it was on the way to and from these doctor's appointments that God was reminding me and challenging me to praise Him. Praise Him. How do you praise Him when you find out that your baby's not gonna live? The one that you longed for, you couldn't wait to add to your family. Um, How do you praise Him when you find out she won't take a breath, or she might not know what it feels like to be held? I was facing the biggest storm of my life and he wanted me to praise him. Well, the amazing and wonderful thing about our God is that not everything that the doctors say actually comes to fruition exactly how they say because we serve a great and mighty God. He is so great and so I'm here to share with you today that the very same God that created you and me and knows each one of us so intimately. He knows how many hairs are on our head. He knows our thoughts. He meets us right where we are, and he knows exactly how to meet our needs. I was hurting, scared, and doubting who he was for the first time in my life. How could he be my friend? How could I still call him a good God? Well, he answered my doubts He comforted my hurt, and he held me through my fear. Now, notice I didn't say that he took them away. I think I was clinging on to them really tightly. But he was present for every one of those feelings. And he listened to every one of my small little prayers. I was praying for 15 minutes, you know. Oh, my goodness, my prayers were so big, weren't they? Um, but he gave us exceedingly, abundantly more than I could ask or think. Grace Snowwell was born on April 10, 2007. She weighed in at 6 pounds, 11 ounces. The many scary things that the doctors had told us about, you know, visual anomalies and low birth weight and all that, that they warned us about, they were barely there. Um, she had a tiny little hole at the top of her scalp, And she did not open her eyes. She was beautiful. As family and friends poured into our delivery room that day at the hospital, including your pastor and his wife, we were all praising God that he had answered our prayers and that we were having time with her. But as we all know and have experienced, just because a person looks good on the outside doesn't mean that they are necessarily on the inside. Every doctor and specialist that we had talked to in the previous months had encouraged us and urged us just to do comfort care. Just take her home, keep her comfortable until she passes away. They said any medical intervention, um, sorry, they said any medical intervention would just be futile. It would just be postponing the inevitable. So we brought Grace home two days later on hospice. Well, how quickly our lives went from praising God that we had time with her to living in fear once again. We struggled with feeding issues right away. Um, She was not strong enough to get the nourishment that she needed, so she started losing weight. She slept a lot the first few weeks, and, and I thought, oh, wow, what a great baby I have, you know. But then, of course, the hospice nurses were there every day telling me that, well, she's sleeping a lot because she's weak. Um, and the nurse was also reminding me every day, you know, Cammie, I know things look good right now, but she's not here to stay. Um, so even when things were calm and seemed to go, be going well, it was still difficult. It was just a roller coaster. Um, I found myself living in fear and grief all the time. I looked good and strong on the outside. I had three children, a husband, um, a medically fragile baby to take care of. I didn't have time to just crash and and become the hot mess that I really was inside. Um, There wasn't time to fall apart. Although God was proving himself faithful every day, I felt this incredible weight on my shoulders. I quickly developed the thought process that if I was not on my game with her twenty four seven, that God would take her home sooner. I even thought that well, if I let God be known, you know, if I bring her out into public and people see, oh, this is my miracle baby, you know, that surely I will give her life a greater purpose, and then surely God will let me keep her longer, right? Well, I knew that was not biblically correct, you know. I knew the scripture in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, very well. In fact, I even had inserted Grace's name in it as I prayed through that. I said, for you formed Grace's inward parts. You wove her in my womb. I will give thanks to you, for Grace is fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. Grace's frame was not hidden from you, when she was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth your eyes have seen her substance and you were in excuse me and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for grace when as yet there was not one of them i had made that part of my anthem for grace and yet i refused to drop that weight of fear and grief Well, we praised God that after several weeks, the hospice decided that Grace wasn't going anywhere. And they thought that it was best to stop their services and save them for later. Well, time passed, and with each new doctor, we found out the many ways that Grace's body was not as it should be. Yet it amazed me that God still allowed her to be alive, and I praised him for that. At five months, she got aspiration pneumonia, from her first feeding tube. I had barely received any training on how to check for placement and to feed her. And so when I I tried it, um, she had aspirated. It had gone right into her lungs. Um, We nearly lost her at that time. But thankfully, even in my mistake, God brought her through. It wasn't her time. Another reason to praise him. And at six months, we did an MRI to check the status of her eyes and her brain. And we knew that she was blind, and we were going to start getting prosthetic eyes for her. And I was totally okay with that. You know, that was expected, really. Um, But we were praising God once again because the brain malformation was gone. Her brain was normal. God had done a miracle. Um, So, you know, within days of this good news, where we're celebrating, Grace started having seizures. So just when the storm seemed to be letting up, we were back in the middle of it. As I think back on my constant fear that I had, there was one positive thing that came from it, and it's that it drove me to Jesus. I had always been one to have devotions as often as I could. I listened to Christian music, I had my prayer time and I'd done numerous Bible studies, so I was grounded in the Word. But um, this storm drove me to pray and search for Jesus and talk to Jesus like I had never done in my life. I knew that He was present with me everywhere, but He truly was with me and became my constant companion through all of this. He was with me at every doctor's appointment, in every hospital stay. In the middle of the night, um, when I felt all alone and every time I got difficult news, um, and especially when he was with me in all of that fear and grief, you know, when I was crying and pouring my heart out to him, he was always there. And I realized that fear can either debilitate you or it can drive you to the only one who can actually help you, and that's Jesus. So in my my weakness, Jesus was truly strong. He gave me the ability to care for her, love her, to advocate for her, and fight for her. He gave me the ability to live without hardly any sleep for almost a year. And when I did sleep, he gave me very restful sleep, trusting that he would be her protector when I couldn't. I did my best to keep praising him through, It was easy to praise Him the first Sunday that we brought her to church and the day that we had her dedicated, and easy to praise Him when that Dandy Walker brain malformation was no longer there. But what about in my despair, when the tears were flowing and I was crying out to God? Well, I believe that if we direct our brokenness to the healer, we are still praising God. We are acknowledging our great need for Him, we are proclaiming our trust in his presence, in his sovereignty, and in his wisdom. In Psalm 56, three and four, David wrote, "'When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you, "'in God whose word I praise. "'In God I have put my trust. "'I shall not be afraid. "'What can mere man do to me?' Psalm thirty-four, seventeen, David writes, "'The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them "'out of all their troubles.' The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. No matter your circumstances, God is still worthy to be praised. Even when we are not able to understand, we can still praise him. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 tells us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Praise is a choice and it can change your heart. We would continue to see God's hand all over our lives. Yes, the storm would remain. We moved from Omaha, where we had lots of family and friends and a very supportive church body, to San Antonio, Texas where we knew no one. We would be starting over with doctors, hospitals, church, school. I am certain that this move made no sense to anyone that knew us, but we knew that it was God's plan. And when it is God's plan, he makes a way. Well, we praised God that he went before us, preparing the way. And he provided us with a wonderful church family and a Christian school that would be our support for the next two years. He continued showing his presence with us, his preparation, his provision, and his protection, just as he had since the day Grace was born. During our two years there, we added more medical issues to Grace's list, including urinary tract infections that seemed to be unending. She and she had a heart murmur. Um, She had hydronephrosis of the kidneys. Her kidneys were enlarged. The tissue was bad, and they said she was headed for renal failure. She had many hospitalizations for multiple bouts of pneumonias and surgeries. And in the middle of all this, our marriage came crashing down. Um, There had been some signs. I had not seen them. There was really only one sign that I saw when my husband talk to me about you know how how grace was really my priority and I remember looking at him and saying I know she is but I don't know how to change that. Um, I was still carrying that weight of fear and grief and now the fear was also added that my marriage wasn't very good. I knew that he was unhappy. He had gone ahead of us to San Antonio, and I was still in Omaha for a very long time, giving my full attention to my kids, to Grace, her medical needs, and to selling the house. And my husband, Rich, he felt like he was a paycheck, someone just to make my family picture complete. He was right. Um, My priorities were out of order. And Satan used that, along with a lot of deception, to really destroy our marriage. John 10.10 tells us that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, by no means do I want you to think that grace's birth and life brought on our marriage problems. It wasn't that. As we sought out Christian counseling, we discovered that we were on a path headed in that direction a long time before that. And yes, the stress of having all those medical issues could have expedited it, you know, could have brought him on a little quicker. But you know what? Satan sees the opportunities. He sees where we're vulnerable and hurting. He sees those cracks in our foundation, and he makes his move. Well, thankfully, Satan did not succeed. And I praise God today that he brought us through that, He brought our marriage crashing down, and even though it was the most painful, difficult thing that I have ever gone through, um, it was a blessing. And I praise him because my marriage was not where God knew that it needed to be, and it took that horrible time for him to build us back up and make us what he planned for it to be. Um, he used that storm to make my husband the godly leader that I had desired and prayed for. God's divine plan allowed us to be crushed so that he could build us back up, making us strong enough to face the storms that were still coming. Well, God used those years of my life to change my perspective. The things that I held high importance to me were suddenly changed. It didn't matter to me that Grace was blind, that she couldn't walk or talk. I praised him that she was alive. The first hospital stay that we had, my eyes were totally focused on Grace, myself, and my husband and kids at home. I didn't see anything else. Um, But the more hospital stays that we had, I started seeing all the other people around me, the doctors and nurses who who needed to see and hear about God's greatness, All those other hurting families and children in those hospitals that needed my prayer. And most importantly, it changed my perspective on heaven. All those moves that we had done through all those years, our true home is in heaven. It's not a place to be feared of, but it's a place to look forward to. To dream about, to learn about, to talk about realizing that Grace's precious little body that was so broken in this world would be completely healed. How could I I not rejoice and praise God when he took her home to be with him? The first thing that her eyes would see would be Jesus. She would be able to walk, run, leap, and dance and praise him. He told me to hold loosely the things and people of this world. They're not my own. God gives them to us for a time. He taught me to say, she's yours, Lord. And you know what? Um, When it came to that actually, the actual time that she was going to pass away, um, he made me ready to say, your will, not mine. Only God can give you the peace to be in the place where you can say that to God. Matthew 14 shares a story I'm sure many of you are familiar with. The disciples had just witnessed Jesus feeding the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. Jesus instructed them to get into the boat and cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he went up into the mountain to pray. Verse 24 says, But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? As long as Peter's eyes were on Jesus, he was safe. When he cried out to Jesus, he rescued him. He will do the same for you. How's your family picture looking today? Does it look like what you portray on Facebook? Does it look like what you talk about at work? Have the storms you have been through left you carrying weights that you shouldn't be carrying? Where have your feelings of fear and grief driven you? Maybe you have not been in the stormy waters yet. They're coming. No one lives a storm-free life. Will you cling to the only one who is able to help you? Will you keep your eyes on the one who can rescue you and calm the waters? Placing your faith in Jesus is the best step of preparation that you could ever take. The all-powerful, ever-present, all-knowing God longs to be with you in your storm. He loves you more than you could possibly comprehend. Thank you so much for letting me share my story with you today. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church/give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.